the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of today's message is the hallmark of a great mother, kindness. On this day when we honor our mothers, when we thank God for mothers, there's a wide variety of feelings among us. For some, Mother's Day is a day of gratitude and joy. For others, Mother's Day is a day of pain and sorrow and regret. Whatever our feelings, mothers deserve one Sunday in 52, lest we forget the place mothers occupy in the divine scheme of life. Mothers are developers of personalities. Mothers are molders of vocabularies and shapers of attitudes. Mothers are a link to God, a child's first impression of God's love. God made mothers to be very special people. As I thought about Mother's Day and what to preach on, two questions came to mind. One, what is the hallmark of a great mother? And two, what is the greatest gift one could give a mother on Mother's Day? And the answer I kept coming up with is, Kindness. See, kindness is a hallmark of a great mother. And it is the greatest thing that we could do for our mother if she is still alive. Be kind to her. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says about kindness as an attribute of God. Ephesians chapter 1, 6 through 8 says, So we praise God. For the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us. And then in Titus chapter 3, 4 and 5, Paul says, when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, 
not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. And then in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. See, kindness is love in action. It is something that you do. It is practical help. So when I did things for my mother when she was alive, I was showing kindness to her, which is love in action. But kindness is not just for mothers. The question then is, how can I be a more kind person? Let me suggest four things we can do, all of which are elements of kindness. The first is be sensitive. Be sensitive. Paul says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4, Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Paul is saying here that we should become aware of the needs of the people who are around us. We should not simply ignore the people that we have to deal with day by day, but we should be aware of their needs and be sensitive uh, to their needs because that's an element of kindness. You see, if we care, then we will be aware. And the number one cause that keeps us from being kind is business. You see, when we get too busy, we don't have time to be kind. We are so focused on what we are doing that we can't see the needs around us. You see, when we have our agenda, our goals, our desires, we, and there are things that we have got to do, then we don't have time to be kind. Is if I were to ask you, what are the three greatest emotional needs of the people closest to you this past week, would you be able to answer? You see, kindness requires that we be aware, that we be sensitive to the needs and concerns of the people that we have to deal with or that we are around. Because if we care, then we will be aware. But the second practical thing that we can do to show kindness is to be supportive. Be supportive. Proverbs 15 and verse, and verse 4 says, Kind words heal and help. Cutting words wound and maim. That's the message paraphrase. But the Good News Bible says, Kind words bring life. But cruel words crush your spirit. Be supportive in your speech in the way that you talk to others. In a Peanuts cartoon, the little red-haired girl calls Charlie Brown on the phone. Hey Chuck, guess what? I'm running for 
Queen of the May at our school. And Charlie answers, Oh, that's interesting. Lucy has already been chosen Queen of the May at our school. She's standing right here with her crown. In the next scene, the little red girl here says, Your school is has pretty low standards, Chuck. <laughs> and then the last thing that Charlie Brown does is to turn around to Lucy, who is by his side, and says, she says, congratulations. <laughs> so that's tact. That's diplomacy. That's kindness. You don't need to hurt people just because you are not thinking about them. You're just thinking about yourself. And this is why we have so many problems where there are people who are not concerned about others. They can only think about themselves. Do you remember how ruthless kids were on the playground when you went to school? They would exploit every weakness, rubbing every failure. You'd be hurt and you'd go home and your mom may have said, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. But that's not true. A broken bone heals faster than a broken spirit. Your words have great power to heal or to hurt. Suicide is the third leading cause of death for young people in the United States. The National Youth Violence Prevention Resource Center estimates that nearly 30% of American youth are either a bully or a target of bullying. A search of the internet revealed a number of youth suicides caused by bullying. A St. Louis 13-year-old girl, Megan Mayer, killed herself in a cyber-bullying case. After she was taunted over the internet, she hanged herself in the closet of her family's home. It was triggered by a message that was put on, on, um, on Facebook. The world would be a better place without you. Eric Mohat, 17, was harassed so mercilessly in Ohio High School that when one bully said publicly in class, why don't you go home and shoot yourself? No one will miss you. And he did. After years of bullying, Vermont 8th grader Ryan Halligan took his own life when a rumor about him spread across the, across the internet. In Massachusetts, 15-year-old Phoebe Prince and 11-year-old Carl Hoover took their lives after unrelenting bullying pushed them over the edge. Ross Ellis, founder of Love Our Children USA, the national nonprofit leader on child violence prevention, when asked for tips on protecting our children from bullies, said, kindness starts at home. 
The reality is any kid can become a bully or be victimized themselves, so it is crucial to take preventative measures now. Bullying, says Alice, is a learned behavior. So when kids see their elders criticizing others and speaking harshly about others, they mimic their actions in the world. You see, your words have great power to heal or to hurt. So we need to be kind. We need to think before we speak. Don't try to tear people apart to put them down. But uh, treat them the way that you would like to be treated. So how much do you support people with your words? Are you an encourager or are you a discourager? Do you lift people up or do you put them down? If God was to have a contest and said, I'm going to give you $50 or whatever amount you want to use here for every kind word you said last year. I'm going to take away five um, or 25 or $50 for every critical or negative word you said last year. Would you be rich or would you be poor? Some of you would certainly be in a hole. You see, when you belittle people, when you put them down, you are being little yourself. We need to make special effort because of who we are to be kind to one another. So we, we need, of course, uh, to, be, to be supportive of each other. Not to be tearing people down. Not to be creating grief um, just because of what's going on in our life. We need to stop thinking about ourselves for a little while and begin to think about others. So the third thing that we can do to show kindness is be sympathetic. Be sympathetic. Romans 12 and verse 15 in the New International Version says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. And the same verse in the Living Bible paraphrase says, When others are happy, be happy with them. If they are sad, share their sorrow. Kind people share the, in the emotions of others. You may not have shared the politics of President Ronald Reagan, but it cannot be denied that he was indeed a, a popular president. One of the reasons for his popularity was that he knew how to express his emotions. In moments of national tragedy, when the shuttle was destroyed, when soldiers were killed in Lebanon, he openly cried. In a moment of patriotic fervor, when they were rededicating the Statue of Liberty, you could see a tear in his eye. Most men are scared to death of their emotions. But the shortest verse in the Bible was about Jesus at the death of Lazarus. It says, Jesus wept. He was a man's man. Now, the best way to handle a funeral, by the way, 
give you some free advice here, is to weep with those who are bereaved, those who are going through grief. Or someone may say, I feel so awkward when I go to a funeral. I don't know what to say. You don't have to say anything. In fact, you're better off not saying anything. Because you only make things worse when you are trying to say something which, which um, does not really um, relate to the, the issue of, as to how people are feeling at that moment. Just being present is being kind. The best thing you can do when somebody is grieving is to cry with them. Weep with those who weep, says Paul, and rejoice with those who rejoice. That is what it means to be kind. If you want to know the key to your teenager's heart, it's sympathy. In the teen years, everything is a big deal. Teenagers get a pimple and it's a national crisis. They go to your, your, or your parents and say, and uh, tell you about it and uh, making a fuss about it and you say it's no big deal it's not a big deal but for a teenager it is if your teenager comes home and tells you that he or she has been jilted by some girlfriend or boyfriend and you say you'll get over it you are not being sympathetic the world hasn't ended but for that teenager it has so you probably did the same thing or felt the same way when you were growing up as a teenager. The parents that have the best relationships with their teenagers are those that treat as important the things that their teenagers consider important. They don't play down those things by saying it's no big deal, it's just a stage, you'll grow out of it. So be sensitive. Be supportive, be sympathetic, because those are ways in which you show kindness. But number four is be spontaneous. Be spontaneous. Do not wait to do a kind act. When you have time to do something which is kind, then you do it. Do it now. Don't wait to do it. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10 tells us, As we have the opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. So when should I be kind? Whenever I see a need. Have you ever had someone do something for you that was real nice and and uh, you thought, I need to write a thank you note, but you kept putting it off and putting it off, and finally it has been so long that you felt embarrassed to write a thank you note, and so you simply gave up on it. It could be a phone call. You need to know, um, you need to follow up on uh, the thought that you need to speak to someone on the phone, call them. In fact, um, it happens to me all the time. I think about it, and I got so busy that I forget to do it. And so I've learned that whenever you think about it, you simply do it. You don't wait until you've done everything else. 
Opportunities to show kindness do not last. So seize the moment. You must do it now as you have the opportunity. I guess what I'm saying is give roses while people can still smell them. A single rose to your mother or to spouse now is much more worthwhile than an entire elaborate bouquet of flowers at the funeral. It doesn't make much sense then because they can't appreciate it. Give roses while people can smell them. There are people who say, when I die, I'm leaving it all to charity, to the church, or to the Lord's work. And that's fine. But if you do your giving while you are living, you get more credit for it then, and you get more joy out of it, and you know where it is going and how it's going to be used. When you have the opportunity, be spontaneous in expressing kindness. Amen. When it comes to kindness, good intentions don't count. When people say, I've been meaning to do something kind for my wife or my husband or my teacher or a fellow worker or a colleague, um, my boss or my secretary, I've been meaning to. So when are you going to do it? (laughs) Do it now. Amen. If you have... If you leave this service and have the slightest inclination to reach out and touch someone, especially your mother, do it. Be spontaneous as you have the opportunity. The classic example of this from the Bible is the Good Samaritan. When he saw the need, the man had been beaten and robbed, his clothes were taken, Uh, He was lying by the side of the road. Two religious leaders had passed by and done nothing for him. But the Samaritan came along and he saw a need. He immediately stopped. He met the need. He was spontaneous. He didn't think twice. He responded immediately. He picked up the guy, bandaged his wounds, took him down to the nearest Holiday Inn, gave them his American Express card and said, I'll cover the bills for him. And if there is anything remaining, I'll take care of it when I get back. Now, would you do that for a total stranger? Mm. Kindness always costs you something. There's always a price tag to kindness. The good Samaritan paid the bill for this guy. Who can you be kind to this week? Look all around you. And there are people who are discouraged. People who are are, are hurting. People who just don't know what to do. Because there's so many things coming at them. But if you are there to give a kind word. Or just to give a hug. It can make all the difference. You know when people are kind. You you feel it, you, you sense it, and you appreciate it. You just need to open your eyes to see what's happening around you. How about at home? Is it possible that this week you could just be a little bit kinder to your wife, your husband, your children? Do an act of kindness. 
spend some time with them. How many divorces could have been prevented by kindness? I believe a lot of them could. How about at work? How about at school? How about at church? Do you speak to people you don't know? You're sitting beside them, but you don't, you don't speak to them. You don't acknowledge their presence. Well. You see, if you sit by someone you don't know, you need to introduce yourself. Talk to them. Give them a handshake, a hug, yes, sir. a word of encouragement if um, that's needed. How about that friend that doesn't know Jesus Christ? The kindest thing that you could do with somebody is to share the good news of Jesus with them. Amen. Tell them that God loves them. That's the kindest thing that you can do for them. Do you realize that you are the only Bible that some people will ever read? Well. They'll not know anything about Christianity except what they see in you and hear from you. Amen. So why am I talking about kindness on this Mother's Day? Because a Christian life is a life of kindness. The Bible tells us in Titus chapter 3, 4, and 5, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. So what Paul is saying here is that Jesus Christ is the kindness of God. You know that God is kind because you see it in Jesus who came to save us from our sins. As if we are ever going to be like Jesus, then we have to learn to be kind. If a person is unkind, then they have a difficult time convincing me that they know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Master. The mark of Christ-likeness is kindness, love in action. To be a Christian is to be a kind person. It's a mark of kindness to seek the interests of others. It's a mark of kindness to feel the deepest emotions of others. It's a mark of kindness to comfort the loneliness of others. It's a mark of kindness to share the heavy burdens of others to build a relationship with others and to forget the shameful past in the lives of others. And when you are being like Christ, you can certainly count on his presence to be your joy in the midst of sorrow, to be your strength in the midst of weakness, to be your hope in the midst of heartaches, to be your delight in the midst of discouragements, to be your protection in the midst of danger, to be your encouragement in the midst of failures, and to be your company in the midst of loneliness. Yes, the Lord can be whatever you need him to be because he's a kind and compassionate God, and we are his children. So show a little kindness this week. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. 
People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.